Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. What we don't know is that the dad in this is a bee. <laughs> that same bee. And All it's, grown up. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! battleground in the history of our sport. Well, no, 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 it's the Carholic Classic Nitro Review. Back once again it's, with it's, the Benegade no, Master. It's Christmas, Tom. Oh, it's Christmas. Forgot. Ho, ho, cubed. Yeah, that's it. There you <laughs> go. Ho, cubed. Merry Christmas from the Carholic Classic Nitro Review. You forget you fucking with it. Do you know what? <laughs> it's Christmas, man. You gotta take that shit seriously. Well, aren't you, Mr. Humbug? Or, or I'm Mr. Very, um, opposite Humbug. You're mega Christmas man. I'm enraged that you didn't go bring the hats round from the prop room, Tom. <laughs> it's too far. <sighs> it's too far. It'll be too warm. It will be too Thinking warm. Thinking about our temperatures. <laughs> See, this is, the, this, is, this is the weird thing with this week's Nitro on the Classic Nitro Review. I'm Tom Campbell, WCW Kids Sam Driver. Sorry for just taking over the stuff. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, because you raised a very valid point that we were going to bring up early anyway, because whilst it is... Um, the 28th of April in the year of our Lord 2022 in the real world for Nitro this week it's December 25th 1995 Christmas night Nitro it's Christmas night where were you Christmas night 1995 probably in bed I was like four so I probably already realised that school wasn't going to go too well for me and then uh, yeah just uh Horrible existence began oh, at that point. Wow, that's uh, yeah. I would have been but probably. <laughs> I would have probably been playing on Sonic for my Mega Drive. Oh. Maybe would it, would it have been Sonic at that? Because because we'll, we'll get to some of the, the toys in a minute for yeah. this year. Um, oh, I'm so happy. You oh put yeah, these in. damn right, yes. damn right. Fucking yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Was this the year? I don't know if we had a PlayStation at this point. Maybe this was. I think I'm actually. I know I'm PlayStation saying PlayStation came out '95. I it? think this was, was it the year. Was it '94 initially? '94, '94. Well, either yeah, way, yeah. It was. It was '94, wasn't it? Because yeah. Saturn was '94. When did Parappa the Rapper come out? I don't know if it, it was 95 96. for the West, though, but I, I have no idea. So 95, so this might have been the year that I got Sonic 3D for the Mega Drive. I might have still been clinging onto the Mega Drive. I yeah. Got Sonic 3D. In this I, I had a Master Drive. System still for the next two and a bit years. Still great machine, though. Still great, yeah, for mm. what they could do with it. Like, fantastic. And they were still churning out like their own Sonic games for the Master System. Yeah, they were shit. There were no loops in them or anything. Like you, It was like Sonic, but Mario. Like now Imagine they... Sonic without any of the signature Sonic kind of... 
I will defend that by Sonic Triple Trouble. Yeah. On the Game Gear, they had mastered loops, but you could tell that it was a chew on for the system. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, <laughs> I think what they did was, in my limited knowledge of programming, and if my mate Sam Beddoes is listening from Freak Zone Games, did please they correct spin me. the whole map? No, so what happened was, like, basically, your Sonic, Sonic would run up to the loop, and if he was running at a certain speed, he would be that would be taken out. It'd be replaced by a spinning graphic. Oh, God. Like the a, camera would track. Like it triggers a sprite animation yeah, type thing. Kind and then, of. boom, and then it Sonic appears on the other side. That's, yeah. I, gathering, sort of whenever, however, when I played it, like because you could only approach the loop at a certain speed. So I think that's how they did it that's in the end. That's smart. Because I, yeah. I, the thing is, I, I'm not shitting on those Sonic games. I love them. Played the absolute arse out of them. Like, those are the Sonic games I can sit mm. down and play through. But I didn't go back to the Mega Drive ones until much later, so I'm like, I'm shit at normal Sonic. <laughs> I'm only good at side scrolly Sonic. These are the best ones. Sonic Sonic Origins out this summer. Ooh. Mm. Oh, is that? Yeah, shit. I think I remember seeing a load of press for that. Genuinely, without a trace of irony, I cannot wait to pay 40 quid to play Sonic 3 again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, they've got uh, me by the thin and curlies of I'll, Sega. I'll, I think I'll bite on it. Yeah, they've, yeah. they've, they've tied up Sonic 3. Yeah, I, nice. you know, I, I'm, I'm game to, to buy as much Sega product as possible so long as they can keep Yakuza coming. Because mm -hmm. I know they lost the Yakuza developer to China. Uh, and it, But at this point, you know, Yakuza games are so cut and dry it's just like oh there's a thing oh god and then you kind of get elements of every game thrown into each one so there's this it's, it's pretty easy i think for, mm. to make one without the original creator as long as they don't just fuck it up just keep going sega just keep they on, did a fist no. of the north star version like with just the yakuza style gameplay but with a whole different cast of characters that's story. a really nice idea and i want them to do more of that with different yeah. franchises they've got japanese yakuza games as well that just haven't been ported there's like a zombie one there's one set, uh, there's a couple actually set in like classical Japanese Ooh. antiquity periods. Uh, and so like, th there's so much there that it's just like, give Sega all the money and, and just keep nodding and insisting that they release more Yakuza stuff. Just just sandbox games in general in, yeah. in wonderful worlds. Uh, have you played any of the Yakuza games? I have, yeah. I was going to say. I mean, say... The, 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 I watched you playing one. Yeah. Uh, the more recent one, which which where Zero. they lean into the stupid. Yeah. Which so I like. like Zero Zero was more recent, but chronologically is the first. Mm. Uh, and that one is like, yeah, it's, I think that's my favorite one story wise. But it's, uh, yeah, just the fact that you can be playing a game and they go, oh, I'm bored now. I don't really want to do any more missions. Mm. Mm, do a couple of side quests that are all ridiculous. And then it's like, I'm bored of this now. I'm going to go bowling or I'm going to go to the batting cages or that I'm going to go to the claw G machine. That's not <laughs> my love for like the Grand Theft Auto style yeah. games where it's just like, don't do missions. It's just like play it. in Yakuza, even when you get bored of the game, you don't need to turn the game off. You can just go to the arcade in the game and play Space Harrier for an hour. Like, um, I don't know whether whether your good lady is a gamer as well. Mm -hmm. um, Alex is. Alex mm -hmm. has a sandbox game and she will play it like through the missions, yeah. get everything done in order, clear an area, clear an area. She hates watching me because I can't be asked. I get proper ADHD about it, and I'm just like, I'll play a mission. I might start a mission. I'll just go. Actually, no. I'm just going to see whether I can, whether this horse I, can outrun this train. I can. I, I <laughs> on do Red that Dead Redemption Two <laughs> from time to time. Spoiler: I, I like Steph's big into Zelda and, and like open world explorer games, Skyrim and Elden Ring and everything. Uh, I'm into those too, but like my first playthrough of Skyrim, I kind of got a bit. Well. I'll come back to the sandboxy shit. Just give me the story now. Cause mm -hmm. I always push for time. So I just kind of cram my way through Skyrim. I, I've got Elden Ring. I've got two fucking copies of Elden Ring. <laughs> and I, I'm like sat, 
you know, like everybody's like, it's amazing. I'm having so much fun. And every time I sit down to play it, I'm just fucked. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'll, I'll play like 25 minutes, a half hour. And I'm, you know, I can't be arsed with this. Just I'm just gonna, and then every single day it sits there or like over the weekend. If I'm just sat at home and I'm like looking at it going, I should be playing you, but I just, I'm just not in the mood, man. <laughs> so I'm just kind of sat. But yeah, I, I get, um, I get very, as you can tell, the asides already. I get very distracted in mm. games, uh, and very quickly just. I mean, like Just Cause is one of my favorite series simply because it's like, oh, I'm bored of this now. Let's strap a load of bombs and rockets to this and see what happens, <laughs> and then just jump on top of it and try and ride a freight container over like a small tropical island. It, it's great. Nah, see, that's it. You're like me when you play them. Then it's just like it's more fun just to see how far can I push this world. Yeah. How far does this really go? Occasionally, though, like a game like Disco Elysium will come along and it'll just take over my life like completely mm. take over my life for like five months like hyperfixate on it i'll not play anything else i'm like that with a lot of things in life mm. um which i don't know this is uh if that it's indicative indicative of something but i i'm i'm like when i get into something i get really into it as like a hobby or mm. as like a game or a film and i'll just sit and rewatch and rewatch and analyze and replay and replay and yeah it just i'm a Hyperfixator. Quite obsessive over yeah. things, yeah. Like I get fixated on stuff. And then one morning I'll wake up and I'll go, eh. And it'll be something new. I'm like, like candle making or <laughs> baking or I don't know. <laughs> you just throw yourself into that all over again and the cycle resumes. Yeah, and then you're left with a load of shit, especially when it's a hobby. You're left with a load of shit that you're like, I don't know, I'm not going to do this ever again. I've spent 200 quid on all this <laughs> resin. <sighs> Is, is there a little <laughs> resin sat in your house? Just like, my father. Hopefully not. Resin's the next on the list, Tom. Resin's the next hobby. I know where it's going, but resin's the next hobby. Alex bought me a massive robot in 2015. Okay, elaborate, I, elaborate. I like was, robots. It was like, it a, a, like, boy? like a Meccano-style robot to put together. Oh. I never finished it. And oh, I ended see, up giving it to charity because I never finished it. My cousin... It broke my heart. My cousin loved Meccano, and he loved, which again was a huge 90s thing, was uh, Lego Technics. Oh, yeah. And... I just couldn't get away with them. I, I preferred like the simple blocks and stuff. And mm. I think I got one Meccano set and having to sit there with an actual spanner and like wrench and put it all together and everything. I think I was just like, eh, like I don't want to have to use tools. I just want to clip stuff together. Just and then wanna... You'd get a Technic kit and it's like, why is there 58 different bit? Why is there connects bits in it? It's Lego. And I, yeah. <laughs> With, I, the, with the robot. Too, too complex for nothing, me. Nothing made me sad. I had to give it to charity in the end because I had to keep, find mm. a good home because I got about half, I got the le I got the body done and the arms done. Yeah. I just got a bit tired of doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I put him in the cupboard and every time I went to get the broom out of the cupboard, yeah. he was just sat there. And I was just like, I can't. This is this is hurting my heart. Yeah. Like Alex would say, I, I'd open the cupboard and Alex in the other room would go, Father, give me legs. <laughs> Shut I have a Gundam sat right now like that oh. uh, with no legs, but I'm in the middle of a house move. So I was like, um, bored. And I was like, ah, oh, I've got that Gumpler kit Steph got me. So I start building the Gumpler. There's shit everywhere. It's all over the fucking table. And I'm just like sat there. And it, my brain after about four hours, again, hyperfixation. Mm. My brain after like four hours, just what the fuck are you doing? You're moving <laughs> house. Like, why is the shit everywhere? Put it away. <laughs> so putting this little gumpler back. But I, I would, if you didn't really gel with the Meccano thing, I'd say straight up try uh, one of the Bandai hobby kits because you can get them for all sorts of stuff now, not just Gundam. Um, but they they'd snap together. They're kind of Warhammery. But that uh, it's very satisfying when it all like clicks into place, and it's like, oh, I just gave him his little pupils. I ended up doing Sonic the Hedgehog Lego instead. Oh, <laughs> yes, got Sonic the Hedgehog Lego, and I built that. that Shit's all over Mario Lego. Mario. Mario. Actually, actually, yeah, it doesn't. Um, 
Let- Sonic's eyes don't power off. <laughs> you seen Mario getting turned off? That's yeah. our, our only, context, only that's turned on. Um, when you get the, you know, the little Lego Mario that costs like sixty quid. Yeah. That literally, you just pick it up and it goes bloop, 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 or whatever the fuck, uh, and you bang it and it makes the coin noise. Uh, when you turn that off, it's just like sat there with its eyes because it's got little screens for eyes, and I think it's got a little screen on its stomach. And it's just like kind of blinking still and looking around and then just oh, poof, eternal black. Oh, and his God. life just disappears from it. Just, that makes me very uneasy. Very oh, uneasy. Yeah. Uh, what doesn't is Nitro in 1995? Oh, especially Christmas Nitro. Christmas it's Nitro. Christmas Nitro. So, you know, you can't, can't have a bad night. Santa's coming. Mm. <laughs> Santa's coming to town, everybody. Good luck. Um, Santa's coming. Look busy. Uh, it's the last Nitro before Starcade, which is next week. So we've got to do a watch along of Starcade yes. next week. And Lord and Saviour, Protector of the World, Jesus Starcade, uh, Hulk Hogan is not in attendance tonight as he's still very much on Jesus who? <laughs> Never uh, heard of him. Never heard he, of him. Is he still? Uh, is he still very much <laughs> suspended? Yes. Or is he delivering presents to the kids because he's secretly Santa? That too. I know. will let you Santa decide. Santa with muscles. Santa with muscles. Scanter with muscles. Uh, so this week, December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five. So a little bit about the the wider world before we get into uh, the the rigors of the wrestling news this week. Uh, U.S. box office number one, waiting to exhale. So this was the um, Whitney Houston movie okay. by Forrest Whitaker. Um, adapted from the 1992 novel, Waiting to Exhale. It's, uh, uh, it's centered around four women living in Phoenix, Arizona, and their relationships with men and one another. All of them are, in speech marks, holding their breath until the day they can feel comfortable in a committed relationship with a man. Like a chick flick starring yeah. Whitney Houston that was number one. And the soundtrack was Forrest Whitaker number- made it. He was directed it. He directed it. Awesome. Yeah, Big Forest directing that. that. Yeah, there you go. Angela Bassett was in it as well. She's very good. Uh, in the UK, number one in the box office is Bay. Oh. Bay beats Bond. Pig is in this Pig in the City the no, first one? No, That's Pig in the City one. is a sequel. This is yeah. the first one uh, with the voice of Chucky Finster as Babe. Was it Chucky? Mm. Fuck. Funny enough, um, because time is a construct of human perception, I recorded the classic Raw review with Jackkins just before the classic Nitro review with Sam, where he told me that that one won't go out till Monday. This goes out the day after. Thanks, so, f- future Jackkins. <laughs> future, future Jackkins told past Tom that time is the construct of human perception. And uh, US Billboard number one, still Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day, UK charts. End the suffering, Cr- Jesus Christ. We're nearly there. We're nearly done. Uh, Michael Jackson, Earth Song is your Christmas number one. Fucking hell. Still. It's been weeks. I know, I know yeah. it was a big deal, and the video's fucking absolutely baller. But. Mm. Charts don't move that much in the 90s. No, I mean, the the thing is, like, the charts are utterly kind of a, a, a easily rigged these days, aren't they? With the mm. rise of... Yeah, I sound like a fucking old man, don't I? Here's um, it, with the rise of, like, reality talent competition shows and mm. the way that they are um, scheduled throughout the year guarantees that the Christmas number one, which used to be a very big deal, even as far back as our childhoods, mm. the Christmas number one was always like, a, who's going to be number one for Christmas? It felt like a big it, deal, didn't it? It very quickly became, here's the new star, here's the new star, and it's I feel like nobody particularly cares about the charts anymore because it's just not as big a deal to buy music, which is a shame, um, but at the same time, like, 
we're moving toward a more American system, aren't we? Where there's like 40 different charts. Mm. So the, the, you know, the, the UK top chart is still the big one here, but ultimately it's like, yeah, but you're never going to see like smashing pumpkins there unless they sell shitloads. Yeah. That's it. So, unless they punch through the mainstream. Yeah. Which they doubt they will. No, uh, I don't think they're going to have a hard time with melancholy too. <laughs> <laughs> this is not melancholy in the slightest. <laughs> the top five must have Christmas toys of 1995. Oh, here we so, go. At number five. Can they, I make a guess? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I tell you what, shout, shout out a couple and I'll tell you whether they make the Well, list. I think you were going to go with that first one. Was it Big Big Loader? No. No, okay, right. Big Big Loader does not make uh, the top five. Maybe it was a few years later. Yeah, my brother got that for Christmas, so it'll be a few years mm. later. Um, Mr. Frosty? No. Super Soakers? No. Not in the top Fuck five. Fuck me. Uh, Power Rangers toys? No, not in the top five. In 95? Not in 95. Maybe later on, but not in 95. I thought it was like in its swing in 95. Mm. Um, fuck, He-Man? Not even He-Man. Ah, He-Man's very old at this yeah, point. Yeah, He-Man's well old at this yeah. point. Fuck me. I'm trying to... I'm going to feel like a complete idiot, aren't well, I? Well, one we've, we've kind of already talked about. Okay. Just hit me with them. Just okay. hit me with them. Put us out of our misery. Uh, number top. five, Baby All Gone. Baby All Gone? So this was the baby doll Do where you you'd it give it food. plastic food thing and it would go in and then it would it would like eat it. And then it would shit itself a little yeah. while Yeah, okay, <laughs> nice. Baby all gone. Number five. How do they, like, <laughs> is it just going into, like, the, the empty chasm that is the plastic molded body of the baby? Or is there, there's got to be a tube running I through I think that it's shit. just like a tube that runs through. I was going to say, because that's that's just, like, grubby. There's got to be so <laughs> much bacteria inside that fucking thing anyway. And also, the baby must have no stomach acid, because it comes out the other end, and it's exactly as it was when it went in. It's just, you just put it back through. <laughs> Perpetual food. <laughs> We should give Let's, it a try, Tom. So when the world ends, we're sorted. When the world ends, we can survive by eating our own shit. <laughs> <laughs> All this and more on the Cortholic Classic Nitro review. You stay everybody. for the Nitro. You come for the Nitro. You stay for the eating shit. You come for the fucking Nitro. We spent the first, what, half hour here talking about <laughs> everything toys. But. Everything but Nitro. <laughs> Number four on our top five of the must-have Christmas toys of 95, Sky Dancers. Oh fuck, Skydancers, they're the they're the spinny boys, right? Mm. Yeah. They did a they did a male version of those later, but they weren't as popular. I remember I had a mate who had one. I think they were Beast Dragonflies. Yeah, Dragonfly. Flight is might. Yes. Um so yeah, they were <laughs> I, I forgot about that until I was watching um have you ever seen Un with Trixie and Katia? No. Uh, they at one point they're talking about classic toys and they're presented with a sky dancer. Oh. And uh, Katya doesn't know what the fuck they are. And it, it's hilarious. It's just just the the absolute sheer joy on the face of somebody that's never seen one as it just yeah, goes like what? <laughs> it's class. They are class. Number three, beanie babies. Beanie babies in ninety five. Yeah, they were massive in ninety five beanie babies. Really? Like, I always thought they were much later than that, like toward 98. Tamagotchi's got to be later, right? Tamagotchi's uh, in a couple of years' time. Is Action Man on the list? No, they always, not, not really? the top five. They not always the did five. like a big Action Man for Christmas, didn't they? They did. Because but... I got the kite one year, and I remember I fucking loved it, because he, he would fly at 100 feet um, of, of rope, so the kite would get 100 feet in the air. Uh, and then Action Man, you would put him on at the bottom, he would rappel his way up to the top, I think, and then he would jump down with his own parachute. Oh, that's amazing. He was plastic molded in like this position. So you couldn't do shit all else with him. That but you so could like good. airdrop your action man in. Uh, number two, <laughs> Pogs. Pogs. Oh my God. Pogs were still big. Oh, 
If you have pogs at home, please send me them. I'm unironically <laughs> on un, the the address for the offices on the website. I am unironically wanting to start collecting Back slammers because I used to have like ridiculous, like thick chrome, fucking oil coloured. <sighs> like slammers and stuff and i just i love pogs i think they're ridiculous i think the entire concept of them is fucking brilliant like here let's get some cheap discs of plastic oh yeah that's a lot of money like it's genius i'm surprised to see them on the list because logo? i know that because oh. i know that um wwf had um they they had their own milk caps for a yeah while. so pogs evolved out of a uh, playground game i believe it was but it was just called like milk caps um, it was. I, I wonder whether I've still got in my uh, my Google Notes yeah. the episode that we did where we talked about pogs. Remember pogs? Um, Remember? I, I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like pogs became the. It was like tannoy, right? Like the mm. Alan Parker's like Tannoy is actually the brand. Um, <laughs> pogs was like the br the big market leading uh, brand, and caps. so all milk caps became pogs over here. Mm -hmm. Like, regardless of... Because you remember you used to give them away in crisps? Do you remember when they give shit away in fucking You're, crisps and cereal? You, sir, are thinking of Tazos. Yes, I am. But they're still fucking pogs. They they had a little thing. <laughs> you, you kind of built with They're them. not official pogs, but, you but yeah, they clipped so together. Clippy bits on them. And you could make, like, little sculptures with them and stuff. Would you like the history of pogs? Yes. Excellent. Because we did this on... Classic, I've watched this week's Nitro. These people at yeah, home have probably getting... done the same. They know nothing really Look, big happens. If there's, great. A, if there's a big issue, that's what the fast forward button's for. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> like Stevie Wonder, that's what friends are for. That's what the fast forward button's for. Um, now, milk caps possibly originated in Maui during the 20s. Nice. Uh, some say it goes back to the late 17th century uh, as Menko, which is a Japanese card game, which is similar to milk caps. Okay. Like cards. Uh, after a new packaging made cardboard milk caps obsolete in the 50s, manufacturers such as Halle Kala Dairy and Orchards Hawaii occasionally distributed caps as promotional items. When uh, Halle Kala used the caps to successfully promote the 1971 introduction of their fruit drink, Passion Orange Guava, it led to a surge in similar promotions and milk cap collecting. I Passion imagine. Orange Guava? What could they initial that to? Passion Orange Guana? To Pogs. Pog! To Pog. Dun, dun, dun. Incredible. I, uh, yeah, I, I just think that <laughs> was a simpler happier time it was a simpler time do you think time. they used to package them in i'm just sure somebody out there probably knows do you reckon somebody that they used to package in like snapple you drank snapple right i had some snapple yeah you know how snapple has the fact yeah yeah Snap do you reckon they just stick the little uh pot well, i'm saying pog but it's just how we call it yeah they did they were decorative yeah they? so yeah. they'd stick them like under the milk cap therefore you there'd be a pokemon element you wouldn't know what mm. you were getting because you can't exactly look into a carton of milk can you no do you reckon it led to a spate of people unscrewing the tops of milk almost definitely do you reckon that's why we have that little the little peel off thing on the milk now Ooh. so even when you're being it 100 percent isn't but we're gonna do a whole <laughs> we're doing a whole thing conspiracy <laughs> theories with the conspiracy sam driver theory. conspiracy theories with sam driver uh so that's pogs <laughs> at number two number pogs one pogs actually help facilitate the move of lex luger from <laughs> Pogs and the cartel, a seven-hour <laughs> sound driver lecture. Uh, number one was the Sony PlayStation. Of course. Biggest toy of 1995 of was, was the PlayStation, which was retailing then at £537.28, which roughly is about 287 quid in today money. I 
Wait, is that not the other way around? Other way around. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, meant the other way around. It's like we complain a lot about consoles and the prices of consoles, and they are getting out of hand. But, you know, it, when you adjust shit for inflation, isn't. Uh, what is it? There's one console in particular. It might be the Saturn or it might be something else where adjusted for inflation, it's like 700 quid. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, you know? And uh, yeah, it's just. God, I miss polygons. <laughs> we all miss. I miss polygons. every game you'd pick up at the shop being all right. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I remember with the PlayStation, it came with a demo disc. Oh, uh, demo one, yeah, demo one, and the there and was it one. The, uh, it had the, on, the you know the it fucking the well, it had two, but what do you call it? Like a technical showcase yes. demo of dinosaur and it was of a T Rex, yeah, yeah, and the T Rex is actually what sold um, games designers on the power of the PlayStation because a lot of people were like, oh, discs are expensive as fuck. And they were like, look, what are you doing? It was just this one clip of the dinosaur walking forward, but then you could press the buttons to make him move left and right. And his mouth and open, move his mouth. and you could rotate the whole thing around, mm. and you could you could see everything. And at the time, I remember that was fucking groundbreaking. Like the future, didn't and it? then Manta was similar, I think, but you couldn't really control much. You could kind of make it move like mm. this, I think. But it was like, yeah, T Rex the best one. And do you remember getting demos with Net Yorose games on them? Oh my god! I found Tom. I found I found most of my demos. Ah! Still in case, so I know what the Net Yorose games are. They're amazing. If if you want them, feel free. I've got I've got PS4. Can I play them on there? No, but you can play them on a PC or a laptop. Can you? Just get an emulator and that you own the disc, so legally. Oh, that'd be amazing. I, oh, there was I really I really wanted a Net Your Rosie PlayStation. That yeah. felt like the coolest thing. Oh yeah. Making games. The, the fact you could get a black PlayStation was cool. Like mm. and then the fact, yeah, you could make games on it was even cooler. <laughs> I'd like to No matter how poo the games uh, were. Yeah, they were most of them were shy. There was a football one that was great though. Uh, it was like a top-down, old-school yeah, one. Yeah, I remember that. I remember there was an RPG which yeah. had really bad translation. Okay. Uh, and I remember there was like a, a 3D Pac-Man yeah. Cone Man. And <laughs> and every time he died, it was, it was just was a this... giant VLC logo just <laughs> stalking the halls of this office place. <laughs> and every time he... Beating everybody down that was using Windows... <laughs> Get off player. there, you bastards. <laughs> or real player at the time. But the weird thing is, my brain tells me that the one thing I remember about that is every time he died, uh, he got went past the start, but then the little sound effects played that went, hoo, hoo, hoo. Like every time he died, <laughs> it was like a little sad saxophone. <laughs> That's what my brain remembers of Nate Rose. <laughs> Uh, Cad Icarus is a great video on the Net Yorosi games. Yeah. Really good. Uh, check out Cad Icarus. We like Cad Icarus. Uh, so that's some of the real world news. The boring matter of the wrestling news. Um, I know. I know. Oh, we've uh, got to start, last... start getting into the wrestling quick. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Another hour, yeah. I imagine everybody's just like, click. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's now they click. <laughs> when we have to talk about wrestling. Anyway, last week's Raw did 2.3. Last week's Nitro did 2.7. Bang. Big win for Nitro. Long may they reign. <laughs> Observer this week says, Eric Bischoff really rubbed in the rating success. Talk about how Nitro proved the critics wrong and said how he, how top stars the WWF are leaving in droves for WCW. Stephen Michael on commentary for Christmas called WWF the lesser league. Uh, and when the subject of what Medusa did came up, Mike Michael said that she shouldn't have thrown the belt in the garbage can because the belt is more fitting for being thrown in the kitty litter. Oh, Ooh. 
Shots fired. <laughs> I uh, I like the Bischoff at about three times through the night. Just keeps going. Uh, yeah, and like that time where he has a pre-written line. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like last week when Medusa showed up. And just, it's not only where the big boys play. It's where now it's where the big girls play as well. He reads it like line for line. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, Dave Meltzer does a little look ahead to the new year for WCW, and he says WCW has the money on its side going into 1996, and it has the wrestling talent on its side, and has the television exposure on its side. It doesn't appear that that is the case with oh, so with WCW in a war of attrition, which this wrestling war appears to be. WCW has a very huge tactical advantage. So he kind of thinks that if WCW, whilst he doesn't believe they're making the right booking decisions, and I'm yeah. kind of with him because I'm you know on a on on merely a a, a fan level, yeah, I think WWF have a clearer focus than what. WCW. I mean, look, the the wrestling industry at this point is not doing great. It's not a good time. It's on the outs. It's it's slowly crawling its way back in, but at the same time, like, you know, we think back to it and it's like, oh yeah, but it built up back into 1996. It doesn't. Mm. It's pretty fucking flat. And, you know, like Hogan and Savage and, you know, it's yeah, you had Luger jumping. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's it's just the same old faces. And yeah. while people are going to cheer them, it, it's not enough for a mainstream audience to be fully engaged with it anymore. Hulk Hogan's passe. He had his day 10 years ago and now it's time to move on. It's the nineties as everybody used to say. Um, WCW has expressed interest in the rock and roll express coming in. No surprise there. Yeah. NWA legends still going now. Can't imagine how good they were in '95. <laughs> I imagine, hey, I mean, like Ricky Morton still doing flipping tope series yeah. leaders, and with the fury of Ted Turner at your side, you know, you've got all the money in the world to throw at whoever you want, including who was it they were going to try and bring in the Bushwhackers? The Bushwhackers, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that end up, they went, they <laughs> that ended up really finding well. out. No, you're still under contract with them. <laughs> no, uh, an official talk about working with unusual people. An official from K1 was at the UFC show with Sonny Ono. Yep. Uh, WCW apparently planning to do a live pay-per-view show from Japan in 1996. This was announced possibly in partnership with K1. Uh, Dave Meltzer says, there's no way that can financially make out, but I guess K1 is willing to foot the bill and take the loss because of the belief it gives the organization prestige to be on an American pay-per-view. K1 and Dub C Dub. It's a real sort of like because K one's got a bit K1, more. K one, K one's still sort of the underdog, <clears throat> uh, but it, it's it's like yeah, I think in terms of a global perspective, maybe you know rubbing shoulders with a company like WCW that yeah. may be about to explode, which you know it does eventually. Um, then it, it, it's a pretty smart move, but at the same time, if nobody over there really knows your talent, nobody over there really cares then it's a bit of an uphill battle because yeah. while you can put on a wrestling show and you you know you hear people from WWE with podcasts now from back in the day they'll talk about it all the time like the the super world of sports relationship and it, it's like uh, whenever it's like why don't you show more japanese style wrestling and stuff uh why do you do this when you go to japan why don't you feature more japanese talent why don't you work in collaboration with other companies and it's like by whatever point you know, Japanese fans had latched on to WWF mm-hmm. uh, and they liked the presentation of the style and they knew the characters, not like droves of them, but there was a contingent big enough that just wanted to see, for some reason, American style pro wrestling and, and were willing to go and, and cheer for it. But I don't know if the sentiment's that strong yet. And especially with WCW. 
Mm. I mean, there isn't. There is. I mean, there will be, as you say, but yeah. maybe not quite now. Um, otherwise, a quiet week on the wrestling front because it is, of course, Christmas. Everybody has gone home. Get to work, sleep. you lazy bastards. <laughs> well, they're not even hey, w- Vince made it happen. What two years ago? Yeah, we had a we absolutely had a live... monstrous behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I know Americans like the way it's seen over here is that Americans appreciate Thanksgiving more than Christmas, and that's like their biggest holiday of the year. Mm. But like. Fucking Christmas Day, Vince. Come you on. Make them work Christmas Day. Like, oh, we'll do a house show. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. <laughs> I couldn't imagine ever wanting to leave my fucking house on Christmas Day to go to an event. Nah. How, how many people do you reckon lived in the vicinity of that WWE show on Christmas Day? Had their dinner and just went, oh, do you know what? I can't be asked. I, I would be like that. How many people lived just near it and were just looking down the street at all the people queuing up for hours on Christmas Day? Just, you should be drunken at home or yes. sober and at home and chilling full of food. It is true. It is true. We should be at events on Christmas Day. Bollocks. Uh, WCW aren't, though. So to let you behind the curtain... No, they you... are. We're not going to give them the pass, Tom. We have to show them how the sausage is made. That's part of the <laughs> part of the remit of this sausage podcast. <laughs> um, this episode of Nitro was recorded before last week's episode of Nitro. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, like, you can get away with a lot of stuff they do canonically because yeah. there's nothing that really leans heavily on what happened last week other than stuff they talk about on comms. Yeah, and, and commentary is not going to be heard by everybody in the arena nah. because this isn't WWA. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, they did that, didn't they? I Honestly, they I think I, I was surprised that it hadn't been done more recently and well. But at the same time, like the nature of live production, you don't want to throw live commentary to an arena on top of that. No, because all. also the wrestlers are trying to crack on. Yeah. I think if you're going to do live commentary but imagine, to an arena, imagine being, really imagine being a WWA commentator and there's somebody in the ring who you think is the shit and you can just stand there. Like at the NWO sold out pay-per-view where it's like, that sucks. Oh. And it keeps coming over the thing. When you could just bury everybody alike to their faces. I just sit there going, I'm just doing my job. And also, I shit. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just. Look at that fucking loose ass <laughs> leg lock. <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> hey, put your. Aussie's just going wild. <laughs> it's, it's so. Tr- I, as a wrestling fan, I don't know whether. I mean, obviously, you watch wrestling on TV. So when you go to an arena show and there's no commentary, yeah. it's probably a bit like, oh, I'm used to hearing a voice here. Yeah. But. but I think, like, you know... I, I prefer it, man. I prefer going to a live wrestling event to, to like, watch it unfold mm. these days because commentary is just very mechanical. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to have a very different approach to commentary if you were going to insist on doing it live over the yeah. channel. You'd have to do it very, very differently to how a, a WWE show would do just it. Just pre-record, Vince. Get a soundboard. Just, I think you just what need... About pretty much, you just have... what If it were me, you just have one guy on commentary and they would just probably talk every... 10 seconds. Look, let's just replace... Just go, That's a big slam! Let's just agree to uh, get a formal petition together for WWE to just do away with commentary, replace it with it's somebody who can control the anonymous GM laptop, mm-hmm. except now it's just anonymous commentary booth. Uh, and it's just a soundboard of, like, rave horns. So if somebody hits a good move, there's no commentary anymore, just goes, me, 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 me! And you, things like that. You're talking a big game there. You do realise, like, the day this goes out, in a few hours' time, we are backstage at WWE Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> you do realise that, don't you? You do realise I could ask you to put your money where your mouth is. No, I, I, I'm a, I was simply asking for a, a petition. That's all I was I asking for. I reckon we could get past 
the security. <laughs> let's let's get over there. I'll bring an orcs cable. You find the XLR yeah. to orcs. What we'll do is we'll because there's no commentary there anyway. I think XLR if to orcs set, is a team on NXT. If we you... set up a table, they'll just think commentary are going to be there. It's fucking genius. We'll just set up and just sit there. Right, we just don't, need to make ourselves look like commentary. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll just sit there every time there's like a power bomb. Be like, me, 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 me. It's all confidence. If we yeah. go there like we're meant to be there. Yeah. We'll be fine. That's it. You know, that, 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 yeah. Can't wait to get banned from the utility later. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> it's Christmas night in the world of the WCW. Yes, it is. Finally, uh, we start the show. <laughs> We are still last where we were last week in Augusta, Georgia. Yes. Eric Bischoff is in an ugly sweater. Heenan is in a festive hat. And Mongo has Pepe dressed as Santa. It's yeah. adorable. It's but lovely. Like you say, like there's 12 no, out of 10 Pepe's. But like you say, it's almost like they almost forgot a few of the accoutrements for Christmas. It's, yeah. It's so not as overbearing. There's like, a, it it's been. a very subdued welcome to Christmas Nitro. Mm. Because, you know, you've got some Christmas flavor going on. You've got Pepe, you've got Bobby. But nothing else outside of the Merry Christmas welcome until about three quarters of the way through the show when all of a sudden everybody's wearing Santa hats and there's fucking candy canes <laughs> sellotape to the logo. And it's like somebody quickly ran back from the dollar store. Just like, get it on! Get it on! <laughs> I like it when, when they double down on a Christmas wrestling show. When you've yeah. got like the Miracle on 34th Street fight. Yeah, uh, I think the tree, the presents, and the presents are all weapons. Like, yeah. just shit like that. Because let's be honest, no one's watching on Christmas Day. No. So it, just have fun. Yeah, just be ridiculous. Just be absolutely... Just like, it's, be the, again, part of the reason I love house shows, because they just they get so out of hand and ridiculous. They have a fun. They have a fun. It's a completely different feel. It really does feel different. Straight to the ring, though. What a Christmas treat this is. It's Lex Luger versus Scotty Riggs. Did you ask for the American Males theme for Christmas? Uh, well, well, we're not fuck fucking you, getting it. you're not yeah. getting it. Uh, instead, we get the Christmas package. Uh, <laughs> and Scotty's in the ring. And Scotty, um, yeah. Scotty doesn't get a mention until, like, halfway through the match. Mm. Like, they just... I don't even think they introduce him as Scotty Riggs. I'm sure that it just goes straight into the match. And then they just spend the entire time talking about Luger and Starcade. And I was just sat there going, Scotty, 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 Scotty. And eventually they start burying Scotty as not being as good as Luger. And then it's like, is it kind of deliberate to make him look like the underdog? I don't, I don't know. But here's the thing, right? Ignoring the commentary, Riggs mm. gets like some nifty drop kicks. He does. And a fair bit of offense on yeah. Luger. And, and it kind of plays in the fact that last week we had Luger versus Bagwell. Mm -hmm. They don't really lean into that of observation yeah. too much on comms, which is a shame. Like Luger's fighting the American males, the American mm -hmm. males, the American males. Um, but Riggs gets some nice stuff in. He gets an arm whipped to the outside, which looks quite nice. Yeah. Fairly uninteresting match apart from that. But the crowd seemed to come alive whenever Riggs is in charge. The crowd were incredible. We've got Hogan on the front row again mm. uh, on the opposite side. And on hard cam side, you know that WWE, WWE, WCW have gone all out in their Christmas preparations because we have the Christmas bee. We do have a Christmas bee! <laughs> Somebody I, turned up in the fucking Honey Nut Cheerios bee outfit. I don't... <laughs> I was I was frantically, like, pausing this to try and figure out what the fuck. Because... <laughs> I swear they weren't there last week. No, they're new. That's new. Yeah. So, so as Riggs gets knocked to the outside, the hard cam pulls back 
And then you see a bit, someone in a bee costume. Yeah. Uh, center of the ringside area. And what's funny is he stands up and starts giving out to Riggs. Yeah. And he, Your it, shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the bee's there having a go. go. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's just odd. Like, do you think that, but obviously it's going to be hot in the whole helmet and everything. So it, it'd be understandable why we maybe didn't see it in next week's episode because Sorry, in last week's episode, because last week's episode was taped after this. So maybe when he was like jumping up and down and shit, he was blocking the hard cam or something. And they were like, take it off. Or maybe he just got overheated and was like, oh, and then we didn't notice that the rest of him was a giant bee. Last yeah, do you reckon, week. So do you reckon like you just, it was just a headless giant bee. <laughs> 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 I think I, I feel like it might be a charity bee. Uh, there was something written on his back I couldn't quite make out. I was looking up like charities based in Augusta, Georgia yeah. that had a mascot that was a bee. I couldn't find it. Maybe he's done a fun run that day and he's just come dressed as a bee. It's couldn't festive, find a team. He's the Christmas bee. The festive bee. Every, you know what? As we all do, we all suckle from the Christmas no, bee. The, the Christmas bee, for some reason, didn't die when the weather changed. And now he's just out alone in the fields, Tom. Oh my god! And he's looking Why for pollen. Why you keep making Christmas there's really no, dark? There's no pollen, Tom. <laughs> How's he going to get by? Christ. His hive is empty. Everybody's gone. He's he's exhausted all of the food that was left for him. His wife's not there. His kids—they've all gone. So he's just out there, and a blizzard's happened. Right, and the wind knocks over his uh, his bee house. What do they call hive? Uh, it knocks over his beehive that he used to live in with all of his civilization. Uh, Think of the and, bedlam. And he, he ends up just out in the cold breeze, right? And it starts to blizzard, and it's like, oh no! And then he accidentally bumps into a door, and somebody hears it, and then they pick him up and they bring him inside for Christmas, where they've got traditional Christmas oh, dish, phew. pollen, sugar water, oh. and a roaring fire that's lovely i like how you started off as tim burton and ended it as walt disney yeah and all his family are there or at least that's what he thinks as slowly the cup is just placed over him oh no you made tim burton again <laughs> oh, i thought you were gonna say it was a or or, or i thought you were gonna say he died in the cold no so the, this is him going no, to the, heaven it was all a delusion it was no a, uh it, no he 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 doesn't get put under a glass the only glass he gets put under is the sugar water one when he's like proper oh, drinking God. out of it he's he's he's, he's a g is the christmas yeah, that's cool. that's cool. don't worry what? about don't that's worry about the christmas bee everybody how's a journey that was that yeah. was a journey you know um uh, christmas bee aside <laughs> You can tell we've not recorded one of these for a couple of it's weeks. Been, it's bloody great, mate. It's gold. <laughs> all gold. Fraser, ed edit none of this out. It's oh. all gold. Uh, Riggs gets a two cut off an inside cradle, misses a top rope something. It's not a top rope nothing, because yeah. he's clearly going for either a leg drop or a drop kick. Yeah, it's a, bit a of something. miscommunication. Yeah, it's a malfunction at the junction. Lugas swats him away. This leads to a power slam and a Irish whip and a torture rack. Turkey rack. Blip the turkey rack as it yeah. is from now Come on. on. It's Christmas for the win. Luger puts the boots to Riggs to send him out of the ring and uh, flexes to celebrate. Scotty Riggs in 2022 looks great, by the way. He's yeah. Phenomenal shape. He looks Riggs. like, yeah, he looks a lot younger than he is. I'm quite mm. surprised at his age there. He's looking great. Yeah. Riggs, Luger after the win, of course, uh, gets straight in there. It is Christmas, throwing presents out to the crowd. <laughs> Did he catch that? He's too strong for his own good, though. So he's, he's picking up these presents and he doesn't realize that they're just sharpened blocks of steel. And 12 oh. people died. Fucking hell. Sam was preparing for <laughs> the saddest Christmas. R.I.P. in peace. This is the, 
This is the kids. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna get some action films. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, kids, you don't get what you want, and sometimes you <laughs> die. Um, mean Gene on the ramp. <laughs> Shits himself when the pyro goes off. <laughs> Luckily, the camera's positioned like chest up, like chest height medium. So he's, uh, you don't see any of the shit trickling down his leg. But you see, he just goes off and he's like, whoa! Uh, somebody finally put that cigarette out. Uh, <laughs> Gene, fucking, I swear, right, mate? The true story. I because when we sit down to do these, I said I'll I'll send you a message with the episode we're up to just in case yeah. you get lost because you're doing other things. There's the episode we're on. Happy days. And I sent it yeah, and I started watching. It. I went, oh no, that's last week's episode. Hang on, my apologies. That's the one we need. Might as well have been last week's episode. Yep. Fuck me, Mean Jeans. First question to Sting. What's up with you and Luger? And where, Sting's reaction is, is how mo- how I feel. Oh yeah, for sure. Where he's like, like, come on, I'm fed up with being asked about it. <laughs> it's just the fact Jeans once again on the fucking ramp. It's yeah. like every single week. He's just on the ramp. But yeah, is Sting he allergic is, to the ring? Sting's, uh, Sting's quite furious. As he should be. Yeah, he's been asked the same question a thousand fucking times. But uh, yeah, he, he, he essentially at one point goes, I did not. And I didn't know where it was going. It felt like it was maybe going to go have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> I wish it would. Or it, it, the way he says not kind of sounds like he's like, I did not hit her. It is not true. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, hi, Marks. <laughs> uh, he's fellow being asked about Luger, as he says. Yeah. Uh, I'm sick about it. I'm sick of it too. Looking ahead to Starcade, though, Sting wants one more chance to put the Scorpion Deathlock on Ric Flair in the triangle match and never let it go. He then warns New Japan that they're in America with the best of the best Starcade. Lots of boxes ticked by Sting, but they're boxes that we've been ticking every fucking week. Yeah. Uh, it's, with it's Luger, tired, man. Flair, it's Japan. The end of the fucking show as well. We'll get there. Oh, the end of the show. Right. You, you'd expect it now because they've been hammering this home for weeks. Mm. Uh, you'd expect the end of the show to be quite raucous, but not what it turns into. No. It's just like, what the We're fuck? not there yet, though, my friend, because Sting is in action next against Big Bubba. Sting went to the back, came back after let, the break. Yeah, let Bubba let make Bubba his Bubba entrance come out first, first. Which, by the way, Bubba's theme fucking slaps. It's a good theme, actually. Yeah. It's a good theme. What do you think Sting did when he went to the back? I'd like to think that he had a chew it. Uh, see, I'd like to say that he did something so unbelievable that nobody, just there was one person waiting by the curtain and he just busted out like a double backflip or he just gently walked up to them and just started just rubbing their face like that. Just some grizzled old NWA guy. And Sting's just Can't rubbing his face, very... not looking at him, like he's like petting a cat. <laughs> and then he just looks at him and kind of like nods and then just walks out the curtain nobody will ever like believe that sting would just touch this old guy's face you've twisted me with your burton-esque christmas fable (laughs) so far because when you said he did something unbelievable and you went do a backflip my brain went like strangled a cat (laughs) fucking hell it's your fault that's not mine i'm not taking any responsibility for that Sting's got an important part to play in this this Advent thing, he, you oh, know. No. We, we, Sting, because the bee, of course. No, he's the he's the Christmas scorpion. Come on, Tom. Oh, please regale us with the story of the Christmas scorpions. Well, it's just Noah in it. Noah has a big boat with loads well, of animals. The wrestling promotion. Yeah, pro wrestling Noah has a big boat, right, <laughs> with all these animals on it. And never mind it happened thousands of years before or something, or like hundreds of years before. (laughs) Uh, He just rocks up now in the middle of nowhere. In just like, there's no water. He just rocks up on this this big boat. uh, And and yeah, out come all the Christmas animals. 
<laughs> so there's the shepherds aren't happy though. There's lions. There's all sorts of shit. Wolves. That must have been a nightmare to look after Bees. Noah's Ark. Oh, God, said, yeah. Can you imagine Jesus Christ, the admin of that? Oh yeah, then Christ. you just kind of floating, waiting for a message, floating and yeah. waiting for a message, and then one day it's like, yeah, it's all good, and you're like, so are we going to talk about any? Of it? No, okay, right. And then all the <laughs> just all the chew on of like them sat all together and just like. Oh God, yeah, that that boat must have been you. They, they've got to have been some form of like somebody must have had a copy of Uno. <laughs> You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Oh look, uh, do you want a copy of Uno on a tight space like a boat when you know the entire world's flooded? That's just a <laughs> recipe for disaster. Maybe they had no entertainment. Jump off the boat or take twenty three. Oh, Jumping off the boat. There was no playstations back then, so what would you have done? I don't know. Played, uh, they, did they, have, they have music. Oh, they you could shave funny haircuts into all the animals. That's That would have kept me amused. <laughs> that would have kept Look, me who's amused. This? Who's this? Who's this? <laughs> and it's just like a terrible haircut. And it's like, nobody gets it. And after about an hour of guessing, so angry. No, it's like, it's fucking Adrian Child. <laughs> Walks off. <laughs> <laughs> what animal is shaved like Adrian Child? A llama. A llama. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> John, uh, <laughs> he's given him that broccoli hair though. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> no it doesn't look anything Charles like is. it. They're just like it's like Kirk trying to draw dignity. <laughs> like he's just like he's not particularly gifted with the Clippers. It wasn't Noah's idea. The game, <laughs> it was his son's. Uh, and you know, it's just one of those things. But bless Noah, like he spent all this time worrying about getting all the animals on board. Never thought to get Cluedo. Like yeah, at, least, at least he wasn't Job, you know. Job, yeah. Job just gets fucked with. <laughs> just J O B. Yeah, in every sense of the word. Uh, Sting and Bubba. Um, Sting was very excited with the scorpion lighting sa- lighting effect being beamed onto the ramp. He, he was delighted with they, that. I'm sure they've been there for weeks. I thought they'd been there. Maybe for weeks. it wasn't. Maybe it was Mean Gene shit. Maybe he was just like, oh, oh. and then like the camera caught him and he was like, oh, look at the scorpion over your shit while trying to like block Mean Gene's shit on the ramp <laughs> as he's trying to clean it up. Bubba pops Sting with some right hands, a shoulder block, hot dogs on the bottom rope and lands a roundhouse kick. He's aces, <laughs> Big Bubba. I, 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 the, one th- the one thing I like about Big Bubba is he was the only man brave enough to hot dog to the crowd on the bottom yeah. rope. The... Uh- <laughs> The the roundhouse though I liked it. it it's sort of it it's kind of so explosive that it looks a bit janky but it looks more real for that because yes it, I think Sting yanks him doesn't he just as he's about to do it and so he's falling as he kind of connects with it and it's like oh he's got great uh, leg extension for a for a big he's lad. got great movement great movement I love boss man man. A lot of love, love, lot of love for Bubba. Sting fights back with a bulldog. Bubba's back in soon enough, though. Uh, end comes with Bubba going for a superplex. Sting turning it into an inside cradle for the hard-fought victory. I wasn't like really it, a fan of the finish. No? Nah, it, it just sort of... I, I got it, but it was just a bit kind of out of nowhere. Just the, whoa, off the top of the... Do you through. think, as much as we love Bubba... Do you think Sting should have been a little bit more decisive in victory here? Because he's got this triangle match on Sunday. Possibly, yeah. Because I think Bubba's a big threat, and they, you know, they've established that Bubba's a threat. Yeah. But Bubba's not exactly like a main event heel threat. So I think if Sting was going to come in against Bubba, obviously don't job him out, but like no. have Sting get, you know, quite the definitive. Let him lock in the Scorpion uh, Deathlock because he's been touting that. Yeah. Let him get it in, like show the crowd some more. Which I get, you know, it's telegraphing, it's telegraphing, it's telegraphing. But like, fuck it. That's all right. It's Christmas yeah. Day. It's Christmas Day. Nobody's watching. Nobody's and you're hyping watching. up to this thing that you've been hyping up to for months. <laughs> 
Talking of which, Mean Jeans on the ramp again. Here we go. But he, this time he's got a hat. He's got a hat on yeah. now. Somebody's just got back from the dollar store and remembered. Shit, I it's swear, the Christmas it must episode. have been just like somebody coming in with a box. Shit, I found it on the back of the wagon. Go, go, go. I, knowing, throwing wreaths, just like no. fucking frisbee in them, sticking tape on them. Just ugh. the thing is, knowing WCW and the way that it was haphazardly put together, sometimes mm. I can imagine because because this Nitro. It was taped before the live Nitro. Yeah. So we're out of order. I can imagine that people started the show thinking, oh, this is the live one. We're taping the Christmas one next. Until somebody went, no, 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 this is the Christmas one now. Oh, shit. Yeah, because... Oh, I thought we're doing it next. Quick, go get the fucking hats. Because I'm assuming Bischoff was really kind of in command of the whole thing, given his position in the company. So, like, Bischoff and everybody up at commentary is all festive. But everything, and the thing is, the set dressing doesn't change in the main area. No, it, it it's still very much nitro visually. You just need the indicators, like people wearing hats and stuff. And yeah. I, I think it's, I think it was a bit of an oversight from them. They just had so many other things to think about. They just went, oh, we didn't really think about how we decorate. Christmas. Or it was Sullivan, probably Sullivan. Sullivan. Sullivan, my <laughs> I want you to steal Christmas. <laughs> I want a beanie baby. <laughs> Um, They're the hottest toy going. They're going to be worth millions in 10 years. I think they might be, you know. I think Alex has got some beanie babies. I think she has, actually. Might have to price them up. Get them evaluated. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's a magical place we're on our way there. With toys in the millions all under one roof. It's called Toys of Us.
Lex Luger is chatting to Mean Gene. Jimmy Hart's there as well because we yeah. are in a fucking time warp. Uh, Lex Luger plans to win the world title, etc., etc. Thank God, a slightly different is element that, is added. It's not the that not mo the most redundant thing though. Is that every single time they talk to these competitors, it's like, well, are you going to win? Like, what the fuck are you in the match for? They talk and say nothing. What are you in the match for? Yeah. Like, you, it's... it's uh, who is it? Was it Kevin Nash said, like, you know, everybody should come into the wrestling business wanting to be the biggest star and wanting to hold the belt. Mm. Like, if you're not wanting to be a big star, then what are you doing? Like, and, you know, not everybody gets to be the big star, but, like, why would you enter a match to win a world title if you weren't entirely confident in your abilities that should always to win be the world title? Your that should always be a, a, a direction. Yes. Yeah. And instead, it's just like waffle. It's just and I think because I think because Luger says it with with so little passion. Yeah, Lex Luger talks about winning the world title with the same energy as I talk about having to pop to Tesco to get milk. He's like a school PE teacher who also teaches, say, the football team. Yeah, at the match after school, at the football match between two schools, mugging off to another teacher mm. or some kid who got tripped over by his own team. That's a great show. That's how he comes across. <laughs> He's like that. He's our boy. <laughs> But thankfully, we have a slightly different element to this mean gene, oh, Jimmy Hart triangle of terror, as they are interrupted by Sergeant Craig Pittman. Pitbull Pittman. Now, Pittman last week went up to Bobby Heenan and said, well, can you be my manager, please? And Heenan went, no, but here's some numbers. Try them. Thanks. <laughs> Pittman's come out, he sucks up to Lex Luger a little bit, and then says, Jimmy Hart, I want you to manage me. I want to be as successful as him. Uh, Hart finds great joy in this because mm. he gets Pittman to take his shirt off and goes, look at your physique yeah. and look at Luger's physique. Rinses poor Pittman. He tells Pittman to, quote, take a quarter and find a manager that needs a few good men. <laughs> Pittman, disrespected, emasculated, just leaves. It's, it is, that, is, that is a Christmas tradition, though, isn't it? Well, to emasculate Pittman. No, not to emasculate Pittman, but uh, I don't know. As a, as a bigger guy, have you? Do you ever get it when you meet family you've not seen in ages, like cousins at Christmas, and they're like, "All right, big man," and it's like, "Don't oh, fucking call me big man." Yeah. Like, don't call me big man. I'm aware that I'm a big guy, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> I often, I often get, my my granddad. Uh, I remember once, like, I, I first time I'd seen him all year, and he just went, "You put weight on." <laughs> yeah, the blunt generation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers, granddad. Yes. Much free. It yeah. wouldn't be Christmas without some body shape. Oh, absolutely. That's how we, that's what Christmas is all about. And then we <laughs> eat our feelings. Um, yeah, so, so <laughs> this was a weird... Oh, that was far too close to the bone. It's uh, the chicken bone. Um, <laughs> eat the bone as well, fuck it. Mmm, um, <laughs> crunchy. If I, if I choke, it's probably for the best anyway, granddad! Um, it can choke me, it can stab me, and if I manage to digest it, I get all of the delicious marrow. <laughs> yeah, then, then who? Then who's the winner? <laughs> um, Pittman, man. This made him look shit. It did, and you know, He's Pittman, not that bad. They've not been doing anything for Pittman, right? They, no. they're, they're making They're making Pittman look as shit as possible simply because they have, you know, it, it's not deliberate, I don't think. I think that, well, at least it wasn't. But essentially... You have somebody like Pittman, who is, you know, pretty all right. He just needs that bit of polish, maybe a new gimmick, maybe a mouthpiece, and, you know, put him out there. You could maybe do something interesting with him in this time period. But instead, it's it's kind of like, oh, well, fuck, we've got to plan for this, and we've got to mm. promote that, and we've got to do this, and shit, what are we going to do with, with Craig? And it's like, uh, do this thing where he's looking for a manager, then we'll find him a manager. 
But in the meantime, he's kind of getting passed from pillar to post and he's going to eventually settle probably on a manager who isn't too great. And it, 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 or if it is a manager well, I can, who's previously I can spoil that for him. you Go. as to who we end up with. Go. Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Okay. Okay. But 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 in order to get to Teddy Long, yeah. he's had to he's been turned down by Bobby Heenan and turned down but by this Jimmy is it. Hart and, and then, emasculated by Jimmy Hart. But then what does it do for Teddy Long as well as Craig Pittman there? Because Teddy Long, while he's the, the nice person who finally goes, Yep, I'll be your manager, he's the last in a long line. Exactly. So it, it's the, the way you turn this round. And the funny thing is, even as I say it, I know it'll never happen because mm. you've had Pittman just get embarrassed by Hart and Luger. Yeah. Surely you then have Pittman go and find somebody similarly on the back foot as he and they go, how about you manage me and let's go at it together. And then you have Pittman beat Luger. Yeah. Showed you that should be the end game. Well, but I don't think they interact again. Jimmy Hart's not one to take any sort of, you know, kind of measure from this episode mm. because ultimately by the end of the the episode it's just confusing as fuck anyway yeah because so, he's back in a bit a bit later on with, yeah, which, for which almost, further pushes Pittman down weirdly. yeah it, it's it's weird but yeah it, it's not great for for Pittman here and he, he mm. maybe deserves a bit better because same with like you know when we had Cobra and it's mm. just like what are you why are we doing these G.I. Joe gimmicks man like if I had faith that there was an end game mm. I'd be alright with it but I have no faith well, that this is an end game for Pittman just a thing to do it's just oh shit what are we doing next week oh shit what are we doing next week uh, put him in there against Mr. JL okay then what are we doing uh, put him in a tag okay then what are we doing and it's <laughs> wrestling's not difficult it, the thing is it, it's not but I think at the same time um it's very easy when you're involved with a promotion, like in any form of planning phase mm. and production phase. I I can see where people kind of fall through the cracks, which is why people are like, you know, you've got to go up to and bother Vince if you yeah. if you're really wanting to have any change done because there's so many people that are managing so many things mm -hmm. that unless you go direct to source and unless you really flesh out what you want in your head before you do it yeah, uh, and you're ready to answer to any response you're about to face, it, it's kind of, you just get lost a bit in the shuffle. Because the, the ones that, that do the best in WWE are the ones that go to head office and go, right, here's my idea. Yeah, not necessarily the most sycophantic either, just mm -hmm. like the people who are direct and, and know what they want and are prepared to go to Vince and go, well, I want this. And Vince goes, well, you can't have that. And he goes, well, what can I have that's on the way to this? Can I tell you, you a cool little story down, about about it. a Vince meeting that we were kind of sort of connected to? Okay. Cultaholic. Go for it. A Vince McMahon meeting with the WWE star that we were kind of sort of connected to. So, you know, Nikki Cross? Yeah, yeah. So she became Nikki ASH. Mm -hmm. That was a character that she pitched to Vince McMahon directly. Yeah. Uh, in order to pitch it, she wanted to show Vince what it would look like, mm -hmm. to which she got... Um, an artist friend of hers to draw her as the it was uh, was it Rob Downey who and did it, it was yeah. Rob Downey who designed our emojis for Twitch yeah. <laughs> and it's the wonderful Rob <laughs> uh, I think and I think I've spent about three hundred quid on Rob Downey over the years he's doing yeah. Christmas cards he's fantastic and stuff like. he is a great great artist nothing but love to Rob Downey uh, I thought I'd give him and a his shout. brother and his brother Ian oh and awesome. Downey as well he's, a, he's, a, he's a, Ian is I, I never know I, he's explained it to me before I think it's Ian. Ian Downey. I, I don't know, but either way. The brothers apologies. Downey are phenomenal forces of nature. Thank you. Um, talking to forces of nature, Dean Malenko. 
oh. coming out with that oh. mid-boss snares oh. RPG music that we oh. all love. Oh. <laughs> oh. He is in action against JL. No longer a mister. No, Just he is. JL. Androgynous. Uh, he's JL now. Malenko dominates early with an exploder suplex. JL <laughs> back into it with a somersault <laughs> sent on off the ring apron. Nearly clatters his knee on the way down. Though. There is a point, did you notice, where um, Malenko's technically got JL. They're on like a, a bridging thing on the floor. Mm-hmm. And Malenko's got JL pinned for like four seconds, but the ref's just looking at it. <laughs> he's like bridged up. And yeah! JL's shoulders are just down. And it's like, count it. And the ref's just like, well, it turns out Do they, you were, give up? <laughs> they were waiting because they, they had the bridge in and the ref wasn't doing anything because I guess they were just sort of getting psyched up for what happened next because yeah. they come out of the bridge and you blink and you miss it. JL turns this bridge into a sit-out powerbomb. Yep. Like, That's nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I like that a lot. Uh, these who'd, two... have, who'd have expected it out of two of the most professional talents <laughs> the company has? Imagine such a thing. <laughs> Uh, Malenko hits a powerbomb stun gun. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Followed by, I think this is one that gets played a lot on um, like video packages and stuff for Dean Malenko. Yeah. It's the avalanche gut buster. Yeah. So he's on the second row with him. He holds him up uh, over his shoulders and then brings him down over his knee, but does it off the top rope. Nice. Which is a nice... I mean, does it add any extra impact? I guess it does, because obviously the gravity is bringing them down even further. Momentum as well. So the momentum yeah. pushes them down. Uh, he <laughs> finishes off with a Malenko leg lock for the tap out. Liquid wrestling. Mm-hmm. Excellent match. And commentary are hyping the, the leg lock because they're like, I don't I've ever seen a move like that before. And, oh my God, it was a, a genius. They are so gobsmacked by the leg lock after all the stuff that we saw. They have been really, really doubling down as of late the last few weeks in in putting over Malenko's genuine you know, wrestling ability and his mm. knowledge of holds. And this will all obviously boil over in a few years, well, a couple of years. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're making it clear that Malenko is a threat. Here. Yes. He's not somebody to be taken, you know, lightly because of his size and because maybe he doesn't have the reach of some of the bigger competitors. And that's one thing I like that they did. You know, they they focused a lot more on on like smaller talent. Mm. Smaller. Like the guy's probably still bigger than me. But like, you know, <laughs> a talent that maybe wasn't uh the in the stereotypical mold for the era. No, no, not at all. And uh, but and we'll see more with Dean. Yeah. Uh and they'll they'll the, the thing that we'll always see let, a lot more is some of the best best stuff going. The thing that always let Dean down, um, and and it will get some of the best stuff going. Mm. And you are right, but the the charisma. He's a lot like a, Lance Storm. It's it's a tough nut to crack. Some yeah. come very close, and mm. and both the WWF and WCW come very close yeah. to getting him over there without necessarily having the charisma. I mean, the, the private eye gimmick, not private eye, the uh, secret agent gimmick's it's a bit Bond weird. Gimmicks, but yeah, yeah, like Lothario Di Malenko. Dean Lothario. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Lance Storm where it's like, oh, he's just very dry. And it's like, yeah, but you can use that to your advantage and you can always, you know, give him a mouthpiece if you feel it's necessary. But it's very much like Benoit. Like The reason I used to like Benoit so much as a kid, like Mm. my favorite wrestler by the time, you know, I was about, what, like 11, 12, Mm. 13, like loved, loved watching his matches simply because he was not like everybody else. Like he, yeah. he was focused on the in-ring stuff. He was really uh, aggressive in pursuing, you know, his victory in each match. And he didn't need to talk. He didn't like, mm-hmm. his work did all the talking. And I think if they double down on something like that for Malenko, kind of, or, or made it a bit more comedic, like Lance Storm uses dryness as a, as a power rather than something to be kind of looked down on. 
then they could have done a lot more with him. But right. at the same time, his, his work speaks for itself to a point where even though the company didn't really, you know, initially anyway, they, they do feature him. But it's like, even though the company didn't ever really fully pull the trigger on the radicals, like nobody can deny their work. No, not it, at it's, all. It's incredible. Uh, me and Gene is chatting on the ramp once again. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That's what I wanted He's for Christmas. Back. He's chatting to Ric Flair yeah. now. Because Ric Flair's in the main event tonight. Happy Christmas, everybody. What a present. It is actually a nice oh. present. Uh, Flair is interrupted. <laughs> Flair gets interrupted by Jimmy Hart, who uh, about five minutes ago really shouted down Craig Pittman for, for groveling to yeah. him. Uh, Jimmy Hart is now groveling to Ric Flair. Jimmy Hart, manager of Lex Luger, who is pursuing the world title, mm. is groveling to Ric Flair on the ramp. Deeply apologetic towards Flair for the horse for for uh, for the the Dungeon of Doom's shenanigans last yes. week. And like a Lannister, he says he'll always pay his debts because yes. he's Jimmy Hart by God. And he says he'd like to walk down to the ramp with Flair for the title match and be in his corner for the main event. Flair says. Uh, if you want to be ringside when I beat Randy Savage, make yourself happy and start putting the party together. Yeah, and Jimmy's like, yeah, you're going to win. You're going to be champion tonight. And it's like, if I'm Luger, I'm like, I know this is probably a nefarious plan, but how where? <laughs> I hope, I hope Luger I'd be at it. least there at ringside. <laughs> can, I be, can I come as well? <laughs> Jimmy, you're not, you're not just leaving me here and pissing off with Rick when he wins the belt, are you? You, you can't no, leave. No, I'd never do that. You can't leave. I don't know what to do when you go. Jimmy Hart leaves the room and Lex Luger just thumping a coffee maker. How does this do? As is Christmas Coffee. tradition. <laughs> as is Christmas tradition, Jimmy Hart just looks him in the eye and he's like, don't you worry, Lex. I'm just going for a pack of smokes and some milk. Oh. I'll be back soon. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Kisses him on the forehead, be tucks good. him into bed, and he's be like, boy. be a good lad. You look after your ma, and he walks out. Off he goes. Off he goes, swanning about with that harlot, Ric uh, Flair. I was going to say, what we don't know is that uh, the dad in this is a bee. <laughs> that same bee, and all it's... grown up. We taped, <laughs> we taped the end of the Christmas bee earlier on, and this is the star. <laughs> in true Nitro style. He's like, I love you, son. You're amazing. After you left the hive, everybody joked. Everybody <laughs> said he's never going to make everybody it. He said you were shit. He doesn't have any passion for the wrestling business, they said. But you slammed Yokozuna and you got that bus you never rode in. I believe in you. <laughs> they said you weren't fit to live with pigs and, and I said he, you were. And then he <laughs> and then he leaves anyway. <laughs> oh, God, a that's Timber, horrible. A Tim Burton Christmas from Santa No, he Driver. returns. He doesn't leave. We can't end it on that down note. No, but he does because we tell the we did the bit. Okay. Oh yeah. Sh shit. Yeah. No. He he left. And he it's left. Definitely not hallucination. And Lex Lex is just lying there having sweet dreams backstage. <laughs> you know he's gonna be really sad when he wakes up Lex for a moment anyway before he realizes. But you know he's 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 gonna be sad. What if what if like Lex Luger and the Bee have swapped brains like in the fly? <laughs> oh, could you? <laughs> That Lex might Luger explain why Luger can't around, do anything. Trying to just sit on people to sting them the entire match. He's just like, get down. And he's just constantly trying to like, get that them. pollen off of Lex Luger. <laughs> just rubbing himself all over people. <laughs> You're not pollen. Throwing them out. Fuck. <laughs> so anyway, yes, absentee bee father Jimmy right. Hart is at risk. <laughs> now. Now, you're a historian of this sort of ilk. Yeah. Did Flair ever have Jimmy Hart as a manager before this moment? 
I don't know, you know. I don't, I don't think, think they. So. I don't think we've I'm ever sure they, seen. They address this. that directly on commentary, don't they? I don't. Rem- I know they talk about like how weird it is seeing Jimmy Hart and Flair, but I don't know whether they directly say they've never. Well, Jimmy was Jimmy was in what WWF for a very long time. There would have been a crossover. There would have been a crossover, but it depended if Jimmy would have been working face or heel, I guess. And then when when Hogan came into Dub C Dub, because Flair, was Flair don't need a manager. That's the thing. Flair Flair's never needed a manager. Yeah, Heenan. But I mean, like in the respect of like Flair can talk, Flair can do X Y Z. Heenan Mr. was necessary Perfect. in that situation, I think. But I I don't think Flair back in the day. Was there a reason for him to have a manager I when just, he was on like top of the world? I quite liked the when he was in WWF in '92. He can, but I quite liked in WWF when he had like that sort of like entourage it's, of it, Bobby Heenan and Mister Perfect. It fits with him very well, simply yeah. because he is, you know, in gimmick. Ric Flair is so extra mm. that he, why wouldn't he? I mean, look at the Horsemen. The Horsemen's the most extra stable of all time. Not a single one of them needed to be in a stable. No, but. There they are. And it's like, oh shit, they are like the violent Beatles. This is amazing. <laughs> and, and that's it. And the violent Beatles. That's brilliant. <laughs> and Flair in WWF getting like the the manager of champions. Yeah. And then that's the an best immediate, technical like, wrestler boom, boom, on boom. his books. Yeah. To go, right, you can tell me, you can work all the business side of it. You can get me up to speed with and who's keep who everybody and, away from me. Yeah. And I'm just going to focus on holding the belt. And I think it works in that respect, but thinking back to like young Flair, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if him and Hart ever. They're did a bit that. oil and water, so I get why yeah. they wouldn't do. They're a bit oil and water. Yeah. Um. But I just, I just thought it was an interesting thing. Uh, Savage comes out as the Dubsy Dub champ early on. Uh, Savage uh, reverses a figure four, and part of the story, the first part of this match, yeah. is that Savage is he's fucking cracked the code of the figure four. Mm-hmm. Every time Flair goes to put it on, he's reversing it. He's turning it into a pin, and even, ducking out of it. Even when Flair locks it in, Randy's able to leverage by slightly turning just mm-hmm. enough to the point where you see Flair's fingers start to like shake and he's, he's trying to get the ropes and stuff. He's still able to get his breaks, but you're watching the fact that Flair's having to deal with the idea that Savage now knows a way around his secret weapon. And, you know, the finisher, the finisher's supposed to be your specialty, not anybody else's. I love that story. It's a good story. Um, Flair, once he gets back in charge... Um, well, basically, Savage goes to get a steel chair at one point, and, yeah. and the referee says, no, you can't, and that gives Flair the opening to bring his arm down over the top rope, and Flair goes for the arm, the injured arm that isn't injured, oh, according let, to Dave Meltzer. Lest we not fucking forget the injured arm. It's only been injured for, what, five months? <laughs> and it's not injured, remember? The dirt sheets are wrong. Ah! <laughs> We're stuck in a time warp in Dubsy. Ah, I've just remembered the fucking... The, the, he's holding up a copy of the torch, is it? Or is it? Is it just the, no, the observer. observer? Oh, my Observe God. This, brother. Because he's not injured. He's not injured. <laughs> Except he's really fucking injured. Uh, uh, so he works over the arm for a bit. He then works over the leg, and Flair will eventually get the figure four on. Yes. But like you say, even when it's on, he's able to kind of cajole it yeah, to a point even, where he like, takes the pressure off. Randy's in a lot of pain selling mm. it, but even then, in his pain as he's writhing, he's slowly kind of trying to rock in one direction more than the other, yeah. showing that, oh God, he knows, he knows the way out, he knows the way around it. He knows my secrets. Uh, we see, eventually, uh, Savage comes back to life, he gets a chop that wakes him up, and he yeah. starts on the offense. <laughs> as really? you do, just, <laughs> wake oh, up. I'm back, brother. <laughs> 
He then starts fighting. There's a really fun bit where Flair puts a sleeper hold suddenly on Savage. Savage drives Flair's head into the buckle. Savage collapses. Flair's upright for a bit, and then Flair just does flop yeah, the, and goes the, down. It's a really just a fun bit where just both men just are dead. One of the most cartoony Flair flops I think I've ever seen, because you one see him of. actively like walking backwards fine, and then he just goes, huh? <laughs> proper milks it <laughs> the true art of a flare flop is just committing to it yeah committing to the bit and also having to fight those those survival instincts of your body to yeah. put your hands up well, to stop like yourself Kyle O'Reilly collapsing out the ring just like yeah. that kind of where it's like uh, just gone like I, I love that sort just of fighting stuff fighting your instincts to stop yourself and putting your hands up to stop yourself <laughs> yeah, to, stop, to protect well. yourself you eat that dirt Tom. yeah you have you to take eat that the hard dirt. arena floor them's are your dues <laughs> and you're gonna pay them <laughs> <laughs> okay savage back into this jimmy hart grabs savage's leg to try and stop him he gets popped in the face for his trouble uh this brings out lex fucking luger who attacks savage dq What's the point it's, of anything? It's in just, this company. It's nothing sacred. No, and then it carries on. The fight continues. We have a bit of a breakdown, and then all of a sudden, it's just Sting and Savage in the ring. They bump into each other back to back, and then they look at each other, and then they're kind of going and screaming at each other and having a bit of a tussle, and then that's all the time we've got, folks. See you all next week. Merry Christmas. Bischoff signing off once again, going, what's the relationship with Sting and Lex? Right. It's, it's been the same oh fucking, fucking, like, they, they just bookend the script with the same start and end, it feels, and the same, like, time slots for interviews. These past few weeks, especially, it's felt like the exact same punctuation of the running order mm. just fill in the blanks a little bit differently. So this week, you know, instead of Bagwell, you had Riggs. And then you had, and it's like Mean Gene's going to be talking to Sting on the ramp again, but this time a slightly different thing about this. And then this time Pittman's going to come out here. And it's, yeah, it's just proper, by proper copy paste. One thing I did like about the main event, though, uh, was, did you know, Savage spat in Flair's face. He did, didn't he? Yeah. That's a bit of spit As brutal. is tradition. Christmas, Christmas tradition. tradition. Yeah. Is that a Christmas tradition you'll have no, to spit it's, in it's the just, face? It's a standard tradition. They have a travelator backstage, and everybody just, you know, when you arrive, you kind of stand at the bottom of it. Everybody goes on like handshakes. It's not, it's just you get on the travelator with all your luggage and it's like, <laughs> as you're like getting past, hello, how you doing? It's tricky to do now, like, you know, post COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have a shield and somebody's got to keep going along and wiping it. But fortunately, it's a travelator, so they just get one big bit of cloth, spray it down, and just stand Have like one person at the back of the travelator. Like, big squeegee, just like. And they're getting moved along. All you got to do is stand there like that. I can't wait for the Sam Driver holiday special. Yeah, uh, you don't want that. It's just going to be the. <laughs> I just I want I want to tell, I want to drop some acid and then watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, that was Nitro for Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Very copy paste from last week. Yeah, it's, they just I felt like they needed to get over the line. For yeah, Christmas. I I was amazed we didn't have like some form of Dungeon of Doom Christmas, like it's some sort of pre-recorded Christmas, like backstage promo packages or segments so much fun if they just did. simply because you know they they kind of they can tape all that stuff beforehand they've just got to get the set decoration for like the little corner put the yeah. tree up or whatever and do a bit of that but then again was it really done much back then like i seem to remember raw would have bunting up sometimes around christmas when it was in the manhattan center or i might be misremembering completely i know i think do you know what i think the wwf leaned into 
sort of specials far better than WCW. Oh god, yeah, but I mean because next week for Monday Night Raw, it's the Raw Bowl. Yeah. Where they have like it's like a like an NFL themed yeah. show where they've got a brass band. But and you forget that was dressing that and... was Vince's specialty, man. Like the mm. without the brawl to end it all, like there's no um, there, there's no WrestleMania, there's none of that. So the brawl to end it all was you know the the MTV one, and that really showed Vince the power of what specials can do especially when you you kind of tie it in just right you market it just enough maybe the super bowl edition is not going to do gangbusters but fuck at least you themed it yeah and, and it, it makes it feel special and it makes it feel a bit more relatable to an outside sport that maybe people who are fans of that sport would be like wrestling pff, it's all fake but mm. you do have a crossover in your audience that are like oh i like football and i like wrestling so putting the two together, just it's a bit endearing, isn't it? It's, it's a bit like, oh, well, they like football too. See, we've got our own Super Bowl type thing going off. We're just as excited as you are for the game. I think there's something to having a festive special. And yeah. Just leaning into it. And WWE I would really love nothing more that. than to do a cultaholic Christmas special one day with a we live did. musical. We did, we did a Kane with Carol. I, I mean like an actual studio Christmas special with a live musical guest. Oh. And like all that sort of shit. I, I'd love to do that. Oh, that's a love. I really like that as an idea. Oh, you've clicked studio mode. Oh. Oh, that's click. why. There, there we go. go. Did an accidental click. But yeah, uh, this show has not been an accidental click. We are back <laughs> next week uh, for a watch along of Starcade 1996. That's right. Are we doing pizza and beer for this one? Because we missed out pizza and beer on the last one, I believe. Yeah, we did well. pizza and beer. Okay. Yeah, why not? I'm up for pizza and beer for Starcade 96. <laughs> why not? That's, that's just... Alex referred to me going to work today as have fun at the ice cream factory. Nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fairly accurate. Yeah, fairly accurate. Uh, we'll be back for Star. Arcade. What are you working on this week? Anything exciting? Uh, stuff I can't talk about. Oh! Yeah, that's right. Top secret stuff. Top secret projects, everybody. Uh, look out for some uh, WWE Newcastle video flavored shenanigans in Ooh. a bit. In the meanwhile, Ooh. wet your whistle for uh, WWE Newcastle, which is tonight. Uh, I had a lovely chat with Gunter yesterday, and you can listen to that on the podcast feed. Yeah, how's he doing? He's all right. He's yeah. doing all right, it's Gunter. We talk about. Uh, uh, whether or not Vince McMahon has asked him to get any chops yet. We talk about how he would beat Tyson Fury in a fight. Uh, and, um, oh, we, we bring up Fabian Eichner. Ooh. Rather, he brings up Fabian Eichner. We talk about all that. Nice. Yeah, that's on the YouTube channel and the podcast feed. And until we're next back together, he is at... Are you the Sam Driver now? You are, the aren't Sam you? Driver, He yeah. is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter, I don't, too. I, don't, I never pronounce it the, because it just feels like it's being written like... The. the. Yeah, it feels a bit... It's only because I couldn't get my name. So oh. it's just the Sam Driver. Okay. He is at the Sam Driver. I am at just just humble, modest Tom Campbell. Together, we are Fuck at you, cult. My name was taken, right? <laughs> we, are at, we are at Cult Aholic on Twitter. I'm going. <laughs> Have a lovely Christmas, Tim Burton. Love Please. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 